Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. I want to get right into this week's episode, Fear of the Lord. Now, when you hear the word fear, of course, usually you think of being frightened and you think of being scared. And when it comes to God, the typical way people view God is not something or someone rather that you should fear. Because usually, regardless of what religious background or what religious beliefs you have, God is usually viewed as, and I heard this phrase before, as a loving grandfather, <laughs> someone who is in heaven just waiting to, to pour out all of his wonderful blessings on everyone. And because he's such a loving God, that he just is waiting to just love on us in every turn. So, and the scripture makes it clear, it says that God is love. But Even though God is love, and of course, we should love God because he first loved us also, as the scripture says. But what about the fear of God? Because, again, like I just said, when you hear the word fear, you think of being frightened. You think of being scared. You think of being somewhere in the corner. You may think of like horror movies or things of that nature, things that frighten you or that scare you. And we don't like to view God in that way. We don't like to view God as someone we should fear. But the danger in that is we have to understand that as much as God is love, he's gracious, he's merciful. I've talked about that in previous episodes. We must understand something. God is not our peer. No matter how many times you may see it on T-shirts or bumper stickers about God being our co-pilot or God being our friend, God is not our peer. He is infinitely superior to us in every single way. And we have to have that kind of perspective when we're talking about God because he is so superior to us and that we are favored and blessed to be able to come to him. We have to understand how infinitely awesome God is. And we use the word awesome a little too flippantly and too eagerly. But when we think of God, the word awesome still doesn't do God justice, but that's the, the one of the best words we can use to describe him. And let me just give you a quick scripture before we dig in. Psalm 111 verse 10, it says, fear of the Lord is foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. So God makes it clear in the scriptures, that we absolutely should fear him. Now, does that mean we should be afraid of him? In a sense, we should, because he is infinitely more powerful than us. Now, does that mean we should live every day cowering in a corner and afraid to pray and afraid to make mistakes because God is so ultimately powerful? No. Again, he is merciful and he is gracious. But I think what happens is that we tend to lean so much more on the side of God's love that we lose sight of God's presence, of God's posture, of of who he is. And a healthy fear of God is what every Christian should have. While God looks forward to blessing us and he says in his word that he rewards those 
who diligently seek him. But the fear of God is something that I believe, unfortunately, is lost in most places and unfortunately in most churches. If you look at the way a lot of churches are set up, it's all consumer driven. It's all focused on getting the person who comes to sit on the pew, focus on getting them to continue to come back. It's, it's like a business. But even in trying to entice the churchgoer, we've lost sight of the fear and the reverence for God. We're coming in a place to come before his presence. So what I want to talk about this week is why we should fear God and what are some of the things that prove, that show, or give evidence that you are showing a healthy fear of God. The first thing that shows that you and I have a healthy fear of the Lord is that we revere God's presence. So that means that whenever we have an opportunity to come before his presence, whether that's a church setting, whether that's in prayer or even in worship in our private time, that we are not too casual and cavalier in our interactions with God. Just think about this. There are certain people, if you were to address them casually, they would consider you disrespecting that person. Regardless of what you feel about whoever is in the White House, if you actually went to the White House, you cannot call the president by just their last name. They would expect you to call him Mr. President. Even those in Congress, in the Senate, on opposing sides of the aisle, they still refer to Joe Biden as Mr. President. So if we're going to have the same kind of reverence for a man who has a position of president, doesn't it seem that we should have even more reverence for God, the creator of all things, the creator of the universe? And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. And one here I really like because it shows us in a biblical perspective how they reverence God. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 17 and 18, of course, the Apostle John is the one who's writing this. And he's writing about when he saw a vision of Jesus. And starting at verse 17, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. So you see, when John fixed his eyes on Jesus, the the, the reverence and the power was so awesome that he fell down as dead. Just being in God's presence was so powerful that he couldn't even stand to look at him. Think of that. Now, you and I, we don't have an encounter like John, obviously. We did not see Jesus face to face. At least we won't until we go to heaven. But the reverence that he had for God was such that he couldn't even stand to be in his presence that he fell before him. And I think the, the reason why that's even in the scripture is not because I think obviously that's how we would be if we stand stood before Jesus. But it gives us a template to follow about how we should view God. That when we come before him, even though he makes himself relatable, we still need to revere his presence and understand who it is that we're speaking with when we pray, and when we worship. One more scripture, a very famous one. Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 and 6. This is when Moses was in the wilderness and he saw the burning bush and he went to investigate what he was seeing. Starting at verse 4. 
It says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Check this part out. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was too afraid to look at God. You see this? When Moses and John, when they both were in God's presence, it was nothing that was casual. It was nothing like they just went up to him to shake his hand or to, to get a hug. They realized who they were in the presence of and their reverence overtook them. You, a lot of people have that kind of a perspective of when they meet someone famous, whether it's an athlete or an entertainer, they say, well, I can tell that I'm in the presence of greatness. Well, just imagine how much greatness we're in the presence of when we pray. That the creator of the universe has made himself accessible to you and I, made himself relatable to you and I. So every time we pray, every time we fellowship with God, every time we worship, we need to do so with the proper reverence and fear for God, understanding who it is that we are speaking to. God is infinitely more powerful than anything we can fathom or imagine. So we need to give him the reverence that he is due. So a healthy fear of God is going to be shown in how we revere and reverence God's presence. The second reason or the second way we show that we have a fear of God is that we respect God's power. Now, a lot of times because we go through situations and we have issues in our lives and God sometimes doesn't operate or move immediately. We tend to think that somehow God is forgotten or God is just letting us get by. And usually <laughs> that happens when we've done something we shouldn't do. When we've sinned, when we've erred, when we've fallen short, and maybe God doesn't address it immediately. So we tend to think, well, maybe God let me slide this time. <laughs> maybe God didn't see it. <laughs> maybe God wasn't looking when I cheated, when I lied, when I did whatever it is I did. But what happens is when, we, when a person continues to operate in a way that is not pleasing to God and God doesn't move immediately, what that shows is we are totally lining up with what the world says is okay. That's the first thing. But secondly, we are showing an, an absolute disrespect of God's power. Think about this. There are certain things that on your place of work or your job or your career, if a certain person of prominence was there, you wouldn't dare try. You know if a certain supervisor is on staff or on shift with you, there are certain things you wouldn't even try to do. There are certain things you wouldn't say, certain behaviors you wouldn't even pretend to try to do. Because out of respect for the power that a person has to either make your job miserable or even fire you. So because you respect the power of that superior in the job, it, it really does change and it really shapes your behavior. Why is it that we don't have that same kind of fear when it comes to God? That the same God that woke you up, the same God that gave you life, health, and strength can take it away just as easily. And remember, God is sovereign. He does not owe us any explanations. 
He does not owe us a reason for why he decides to do what he does. All of us have had God make decisions to do things, and we still don't understand. We're still scratching our heads on why he made that decision. So because God is sovereign and because he can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, we need to have a healthy fear of respecting his power. And even though he makes it so we can come to him at any time, And even though, again, he makes himself accessible and relatable, that does not change the fact that God is still all powerful. Let me give you a scripture. Job chapter 42. We're going to start at verse one. This is the part towards the end of the book of Job. If you have not read the book of Job, I definitely encourage you to. It's an awesome story. This is when Job, after all of his trials and issues, he questions God. So God, in turn, responds, and he pretty much puts Job in his place and tells him all the things that he's done and why Job does not have any right to question God and question his power. So this is Job responding to the tongue lashing he got from God. Job chapter 42, starting at verse 1, it says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things too far wonderful for me. You said, listen, I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. And I like verse 5 and 6. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. And I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Wow. But what's interesting is, not only did he recant what he said, look at what it says in verse 6. He repented. He realized that he disrespected God by questioning his power, by questioning who he is and what he could do. And if we're really honest, all of us have done what Job did here. We've all had moments where we've questioned God's power, where we either maybe unintentionally did something and operated in a way that we knew was against God's will because we felt like our will and our power superseded his. Or like I said earlier, we kept operating in sin and God was slow to exact his wrath and punishment on us. So we lost Respect for God's power, thinking that I'm constantly getting away with it. But we see here, Job ended up having more respect for God than he did because look at what the scripture says. He'd heard about him before, but once he'd seen him, let's go back to the first point. Once he'd seen him, not only did he have reverence for God, but now he had renewed respect for God's power. You and I have to always make sure we understand who God is and what he is capable of doing because he is all powerful, because he is all knowing. You and I are in no position to question his power. Now, God is so amazing that even when we have doubts, even when our faith is fleeting, he'll let us still talk to him. He'll let us still express our feelings. But we still, even in that, need to show our reverence and we still need to respect the fact That God is all-powerful, the creator of the universe who started the universe by speaking a word. He didn't even have to lift a finger. He just spoke a word and 
existence came into existence. That's the God that you and I are approaching. So we have to make sure that at the end of it all, we respect the fact, like Job, that that we respect the power of the God that we're serving. And every now and then, you and I have to be like Job and repent and sit in our own dust and ashes, as it were, to let God know in a sense, yes, I've messed up and I know you and I take back what I said and I repent for even questioning or disrespecting your power. Last point for this week's episode. The last thing we can show or prove that we have a healthy fear of God is that we will do God's will. Because we reverence him and because we respect him, we want to serve him. We want to do God's will. And doing God's will and striving to be obedient to his will is a telltale sign that we do fear God. Let me read one scripture that's a really famous one that a lot of people use, and they use it incorrectly. So I want to hope to kind of clear up some confusion with this particular scripture. Philippians 2. Verses 12 and 13. I'm going to read it in one version, then I'm going to read it in, a, in the New Living Translation to kind of give it some clarity. Here's the version that most people know it in. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So a lot of times when we hear that scripture, you see the part when it says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. People have misunderstood that scripture to mean that you have to work for your salvation, that you have to earn it and work for it and do something to attain it. And they see the part with fear and trembling. They Again, thinking a visual of somebody in the corner shaking and trembling and cowering in fear to try to work out. I'm, I'm barely saved, so I got to do these things fearfully in order to get saved. Well, that's not what the scripture is talking about. Let me read the same scripture in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence, there's that word again, and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And this is just a quick aside. Whenever you're reading scriptures, and it's, it's a good thing to have it and read it in multiple translations to sometimes clear up some things that are not clear when you first read it in one particular translation. But look what it says here. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. So you and I are not earning salvation with fear and trembling. We're showing the results of it. And also it says in the scripture I just read, deep reverence and fear. So you're reverencing his presence, but you're also understanding the power of the God you're serving. You're not just reverencing him and thinking, okay, I know that he's God, but him and I are cool. We just, the God is my buddy. <laughs> God is my best friend. and He's just someone that's on my level that I can just pick up and put down whenever I feel like it. See, we have to have reverence, but also have enough fear to respect the power that he has. Because look at verse 13. It says he's working in us, giving us a desire and the power 
to do what pleases him. That is so awesome if you think about that scripture. Letting us know that the fear of God is so awesome that he gives us not only the power to do what pleases him, but also the desire. That's amazing that you and I can't even please God without God's help. Think how awesome that is. You and I can't do his will without him helping us to do his will. That's amazing. So we have to make sure that because of our fear, because of our reverence, because of our desire, all these things that the fear of God has created in us is how we can serve him. So again, doing God's will, being obedient to the calling on our lives is proof positive that we have a healthy fear of him. One last scripture and we're done for this week. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. And it says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Wow. So the writer of Ecclesiastes is making it clear. And of course, that's Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, so to speak. He talks about all the things he did and how Life is meaningless. You can have a lot of money. It doesn't mean anything. You can make great accomplishments. It doesn't mean anything. But the end of it all, as he says in verse 13, the conclusion of the matter is, the first thing he says is, fear God. Have a healthy reverence for his presence. Have respect for his power and do his will, as it says here, to keep his commandments. You and I, can't say we fear God if we're not serving God. You and I can't say we fear God if we're not doing his will. You and I can't say we fear God if we only serve God on our own terms, if we only do it when it's conducive, if we only do it when we feel like it, if we only do it when certain people are around. Our fear for God totally shapes our lives in every single area. And again, as I prepare to close this week's episode, it's not just fear in the sense of his power and his presence, but it's also fear in the terms of reverence, respect, and also gratitude. There should be a gratitude in our fear because God does so much for us on such a regular basis that we should look forward to the opportunity to serve him. So that fear should come from the respect that he should have earned from loving us even when we're not so lovable. That's the kind of God we serve. So having a healthy fear of God is showing that we revere his presence, that we respect his power, and that we're committed to doing his will. A Christian must have a healthy fear of God. We can't have a one-sided view of God being just love, but not necessarily being Lord. And if he's our Lord, that in the title alone, that word alone, connotes a healthy fear that should be inside of every believer. I thank you so much, as always, for listening. I pray that this podcast episode bless you. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ. Beyond the benediction.